So obviously we're going to get into like um, your sort of adult life as a what it was like as a psychic and whatnot and your business you had. But before we do that, just if you could let us know a little bit about your childhood, like just so we get to know you, like where you grew up. Um, yeah, the sort of like what your family background is like, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so it's ironic that you said this is like a Jehovah's Witness town because um, from the time of two years old until about 12, my mom uh, raised me Jehovah's Witness. I left at 12 and said I wasn't going back, but um, I grew up on the East Coast in Newfoundland. And so, yeah, I I guess I had like kind of a, a twisted view of Christianity growing up because I didn't really have the true gospel or understand it. Um, and my dad was actually very into Native American shamanism and martial arts and that whole world. And my mom was looking for the truth at that time, um, trying to find it. She grew up Catholic and she left the Catholic church because she didn't agree with it. And then Jehovah's Witnesses came knocking at our door <laughs> when I was two and she was a single mom. And so she kind of got sucked into that. And um, yeah, it was a really interesting way to grow up for sure. Um, it definitely pushed me away from, I guess, God in a big way because I was so ostracized by the, the like, Jehovah's Witness church. Um, I never really fit in and I got kind of got bullied a lot there. So I didn't really, I didn't really want anything to do with religion after that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So this is your exposure as a, a young girl and then so kind of into the teenage years what did life look like for you then um so as I got older I just kind of drifted away altogether um my mom continued going to the Jehovah's Witness Church I didn't want to go and unfortunately I got really into partying um kind of as a rebellious teenager and went down the path of being really promiscuous and doing a lot of drugs and drinking and going down this really, really dark, bad path that then led me into like my early 20s, which the drug use amped up and the partying amped up. And then that's actually what led me into the New Age movement. Yeah, so who was the first person that kind of introduced you to that? I remember you telling me your story a bit about how that all kind of led to that but yeah they just what were some of the influencing factors like like how do you go from sort of not everybody on drugs ends up in the new age movement yes. right but you clearly <laughs> did so well, yeah what happened there um so for me it started with you know just going to parties and then it escalated when i moved out here to going to music festivals um music festivals are really big in alberta and bc and the rave culture is really popular it's growing and getting more and more popular so i got really into like that rave culture and i started going to music festivals and at these music festivals there's a lot of psychedelic drugs and so i mean i didn't know any of this at the time but i didn't realize i was opening up doorways to demons but at that time i was thinking i was having these supernatural spiritual experiences by taking these psychedelic drugs and really they're just artificial like counterfeits from satan but i realized i started having these moments of oh maybe there is something more because i was very from like the time i was 12 and left the jehovah's witnesses to the time that i was um i'm gonna say like 28 i was completely agnostic i didn't i wasn't atheist i wasn't like against god i didn't think that god wasn't real i just didn't care and didn't really i was so detached from it that i didn't really care so when i had these 
moments of doing drugs and thinking that I was, you know, connecting to some sort of higher power through the drugs, I started thinking, oh, well, there has to be more to this. There obviously is some truth to this. And there, you know, there is more to the universe, I would call it, <laughs> you know, because my idea of God was that God is the universe, which is very new agey. So you're, you're, you're into the psychedelic drugs, you're, you're having these supernatural sort of experiences, thinking there's more, and then um, sort of at that time, like what, what were you doing for work and things? Like, were you in school? Were you, were you working? Um, yeah, so I actually started doing nails when I was 17, so very, very early. Um, my mom moved to Florida when I was little to be with this Jehovah's Witness man that she met online, so I was kind of left on my own from like very young age and so I took this nail course and started a nail business in Newfoundland and then um, when I was 21 I moved to Calgary by myself and started over and um, I started I was doing nails just had a nail business and so my nail business was flourishing like I won a lot of awards and stuff for that so um, I think the one interesting thing is that I always had these support systems from all these different women who were older than me. So I had like all these different moms and aunties and grandmas, I would call them, because they kind of helped raise me. And so a lot of them did have different religious beliefs and ideas. So I mean, I heard about people's different beliefs, like, you know, one of my clients was, a couple clients were Jewish and a couple clients were Catholic and, you know, so it was interesting. And, but I never really, I never really had enough interest to go deeper. I wasn't seeking it. I was just so detached from all of that until the drugs made me think that it was, I had found the truth. <laughs> yeah. So, so um, in that time then too, there must have been, there was one or two events, right, that really moved you into the direction of becoming a psychic in which that became your profession. So mm -hmm. can you help us understand that transition? Because you're doing nails full time, you're having spiritual conversations. Yeah. And next thing you know, you, there's a bigger piece to your yes. life. So how did that all come about and who were the influences in that? Um, so that all came about, um, actually one of my nail clients, she kept bugging me to go to a music festival called Shambhala. I don't know if some of you have heard of it. It's in BC every year and it's a really big music festival and there's a lot of drugs there. And so she kept bugging me like, oh, I really want you to come. I really want you to come with me. And, you know, I eventually caved and I was like, sure, I'll go with you. And at this music festival, um, I had done more drugs and opened myself up even more to the enemy and I didn't realize that. And I thought that I had this powerful encounter where he showed me that I was part of the universe and that we were all one. And it's the exact same story that every single person who enters the new age has, whether it happens through drug use or just through opening demonic doorways through other different paths. It's always the same story. It's that, you know, it's pantheism. It's that you are God and that you're just an expression of God. And so that led me down the path of like seeking. Because what happens is when you have an experience like that, it's very tangible. Whereas like in Christianity, we're called to walk by faith, not by sight. And so um, if you're raised a Christian and you, you have a say an experience like this, you're going to want to follow that because it's such a tangible thing that it's like you can explain it, you feel it. But the enemy is a master of counterfeiting and a master of feelings and sensations, and we are not called to walk by feelings or emotions, right? But I didn't know any of that. <laughs> so um, I started chasing the breadcrumbs that the enemy was basically laying out for me. So um, after that experience, I started hearing spirits talk to me right away. 
um, once I opened myself up that much. So I started hearing like outside voices in my head basically. And you know, a doctor would have said I was going crazy, but it, I, I knew that it was not me and that it was real. I could have a conversation with these spirits. So I knew there was something more to it. So once that happened, I obviously, it's like a, think of it like a breadcrumb tra trail and you're basically following it. And like the enemy lays all these like perfectly placed breadcrumbs for you to follow. So I was completely against tarot cards at first. I was like, no, 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 those are dark. I don't, I'm, I'm a light worker. Cause you know, I, the demon spirit guides told me I was a light worker and that I incarnated here to help the universe and to raise the elevation of the planet because that's what most of these new agers believe and I was right in with them so I really thought I was helping I was like oh I finally found my purpose and I'm gonna help other people ascend and find their purpose and you know it's all very like rainbow and butterfly coded which I mean the devil comes as an angel of light obviously um but I bought into it and I followed it so deeply. So I started meditating right away. That was my first thing. Um, meditating every single day, trying to clear my mind, which we're not called to clear our mind when we meditate. We're called to meditate on God's word. But I was trying to clear my mind. And all that does is make more room for the enemy to come in with his thoughts and his ideas and, you know, implant whatever he seeds he wants to. So then I started, oh, well, then I heard th that you can meditate with crystals. And if you meditate with crystals, it's going to raise your vibration more because apparently crystals have a higher vibration. So then I started going to all the crystal shops and all these little new age shops looking for crystals. And then I saw a psychic and she told me that, oh, well, you're, you're, uh, you're reincarnated and that you were this goddess before and that you have this higher purpose. And you need to make sure that you're grounding yourself. So then I'm buying grounding crystals. And, and then I'm like, oh, she's like, well, you need to heal. You have all this trauma from your past lives, which we don't have past lives, obviously. But, um, you know, the deception from the enemy is just to keep you stuck on this, like, spiritual hamster wheel. <laughs> so then I'm buying, like, then I'm going and doing Reiki sessions and seeing a Reiki practitioner for healing of my chakras because I both believe that my different chakras had um, energy stored in them. And then... It's just interesting how the enemy works and how he puts things in your way to make you think that you're on the right path. Because I would go to like, I would go to chapters and, you know, people, when you follow signs, the and if you're looking for signs and you're trying to follow signs, the enemy will deceive you. You are not called to follow signs. But I didn't know that. So I was looking for signs everywhere, angel numbers, looking at license plates, like the clock was 1111. I thought there was some divine spiritual meaning, 444, 333, all of that. So I remember going to chapters one day in Chinook Mall and I was just standing there looking at some books and looking at some random things and this little old lady comes in and she's like, do you believe in angels? Just out of the blue. I'm like, I don't know. I guess I never thought about it. I guess now that I believe in everything, there has to be angels too. She's like, oh, well, you need to buy these angel cards. And again, I was against tarot cards, but I thought that these angel cards were completely okay. So I bought these angel cards and... It was actually really funny because the entire time I was driving home with these cards, I wanted to throw them out the window of my car and I didn't know why. And the way that the new age works is anytime you question anything, the enemy just makes you think that you are um, manifesting out of fear. And so the whole thing is that you manifest your thoughts, create your reality. So for me, it was like, oh, well, this is just my fear coming up and I can just pray to the angel because the lady that I just met told me that I can pray. If I'm ever scared, you can pray to Archangel Michael, which the Bible says explicitly not to do. But of course, I pray to this false demonic angel that 
poses as Archangel Michael. And all of a sudden, I just felt peace, and I wasn't scared of the cards anymore, ironically, because I was giving power to the enemy and doing exactly what he wanted. And so sure enough, I brought the cards in my house, started playing with those, and then that snowballed. And soon enough, I was buying tarot cards. I didn't think there was anything wrong with them anymore. Um, it's just funny how the enemy like plays tricks on you. Like He made me think that some things were okay and some things weren't. And it makes you dip your toe in really slowly because, I mean, very unlikely, especially like someone who's Christian is going to go buy tarot cards. But if angel cards that, you know, if they read the Bible and they're not properly discipled, they could think, oh, there's nothing wrong with angel cards, right? right? Nothing wrong with crystals, nothing wrong with meditating, nothing wrong with energy healing. But but there is, so. Yeah. Wow. Well, there's lots of words that you use that I'm sure we'd love to know about. But I, it's like Ella, like you know, I've I've quizzed her on this. What does vibration mean, and what is all these like all this stuff, right? I mean, it's just like my engagement with the people from New Age is that word vibration always comes up, right? Yeah. And so, anyhow, so I thank you for discipling me in that whole thing because <laughs> I didn't have a clue. But you guys can ask those questions in the the dialogue if you like, <laughs> or whatever. But I do want to get to the part where. Yep. Um, obviously, uh, you come to know the Lord because he, he also gave you a supernatural experience in a very profound way. So maybe we can fast forward to that part. Yep. So you're, you're, so obviously like you got, just so you know, like Mia also met some other individual or so that really steeped her into this culture even deeper, right? Yeah. So, but we won't get into that per se. You are now though, like fully in, you got a business, you're, you're doing psychic readings for other people. And then you go to a conference in the States and everything changes, right? Yes. Okay. Um, so I'll really fast track that last bit. Okay. So, um, you know, a year later, I'm so into it. I'm following these breadcrumbs like crazy. I want to know every single thing there is to know. And so I start spending so much money. I get trained as a Reiki master. And then I get trained as an Akashic Records reader, um, which you guys don't know what that is. But basically, it's just going into your past lives. I was a past life expert and believing that I was receiving all this information. And so I, I got deeper and deeper into it. I met this woman who was a spiritual coach and she became my best friend. I started taking all of her courses. Um, she told me that I was an angel in a past life and that I had incarnated to work with her specifically. This woman believes that she is God. She still believes that she's God. She believes that she's God incarnate on the planet and that she created every single person on the planet. And this is still her practice. And she 100% believes it and she lives in Airdrie. So um, I believed everything this woman said because I channeled it and so I received it psychically and it was a confirmation of truth of everything that she said. So the enemy's like working through her. So I decide that I'm going to grow my spiritual business and I sign up, um, I'm spending thousands, like I'm making thousands of dollars at this point. I mean, my, my nail business had grown. I'm uh, teaching nails. I ended up having an online nail academy. I was teaching psychic development. I had like, I mean, I was making $20,000 a month most months like it was crazy but the enemy just gives you whatever you want right <laughs> so I flew down to San Diego for this business conference and I'm gonna grow my psychic business my husband and I had actually just sold our house in Airdrie and we were planning to move to Mexico to live on a beach and do retreats for the new age so we literally our house was sold like the house sale closed the day that I flew down to San Diego for this business conference and he was doing his certification as a breathwork instructor. So we were going to do this together. 
So I had to kind of give you the backstory for how dramatic it, what happened really was that every single thing in her life, like I closed my nail business, I gave away all my clients to other people. I had everything, I, everything was closed. Everything was done. My entire life was riding on my new age business at this point. And that was a career I had for 15 years that I had built up a very good reputation. I had an academy. Everybody knew who I was. So I fly to San Diego on April 4th of, or April 3rd, I guess, of 2022. And the first day was kind of meh. There was a Christian uh, prosperity gospel guy there teaching, and I was like, oh, why is there a Christian here? I don't like Christians, but um, I kind of just put it out of my mind because he said a lot of things that resonated with me at the time, which is a new age word. You know, everyone has their own truth. And so, yeah, I, I stuck through, and then the next day, there was even more Christian talk at this at this business conference. It wasn't a new age conference. It wasn't a spiritual conference. It was to help you learn to grow your business. So marketing and sales and how to create offers and, and all that kind of stuff. So I am sitting in like the fifth row of the business conference in the dead center, of course. And this lady starts talking about her faith and how Jesus has helped her in her business and how she's not afraid to share her faith. And... Something that she had said just really rubbed me the wrong way. She started talking about the devil. And I was just so triggered during this time because I was like, I'm, you guys have your truth. That's fine. I have mine. But like, stop talking about it. Like, I'm not here to learn about your faith. I, I don't care. I just want to learn the business stuff. So she said something about the devil. I don't, I literally don't remember what it was that she said because my mind went completely blank. I just had this simple passing thought. Like, oh, you silly lady, like the devil's not real because I believed and what my spiritual mentor who believed that she was God told me is that she transmuted, which means destroyed the devil and that he doesn't exist anymore because I actually asked her multiple times over the four years I worked with her, well, are you sure? Because like I was going to bed last night and I heard a really creepy voice say Beazelbub to me like really loud and it freaked me out. And she's like, no, that's just your fear and your subconscious coming up. Like the devil's gone, I promise. Like I got rid of him. So every time I would bring it up to her, she would tell me. And then I just, I kept having these questions for her and she kept saying no. But that was, I really believe that was the Holy Spirit like nudging me to ask those questions so that when the time came, he could pull the veil off how he intend it. It's just amazing how God works. Like it's absolutely incredible. So in this business conference, fifth row, the lady says the devil, I have the thought the devil isn't real. And immediately the second that thought passes through my mind, that's when the Holy Spirit lifted the veil off for me and showed me that the devil is real and that every single thing I'm doing is actually of the devil, not God. And that I'm not serving God. I'm serving Satan, <laughs> the God of this world. And he showed me a vision of the whole world, basically. And keep in mind, I didn't read the Bible. I didn't know anything about how the devil's the god of this world. But he showed me this vision of how the entire world is a structure that's run by Satan and that he's like a puppet master pulling all the different strings of our society, of everything, how he is in every single thing. I was a huge like trans rights activist and like gay rights activist and everything. And God showed me in that vision that's literally just a work of the devil to destroy uh, society, to destroy children, that he's coming for children, that he wants to corrupt the minds of children in a huge way. And that's one of the biggest things that he's going for right now. And like it rocked my whole world. Like, remember, everything's riding on my new age business at this point. 
So I get up and leave the conference, call my husband, and then let him know that everything everything that I had seen, and I told him I'm closing my business right now. I'm like, I'm not serving the devil. Like, I I can't. Like, and I when I was on the phone with him, um, the crazy craziest part is that the day before he had his own encounter with the Lord. What the first day that I was down there on day one of the conference, I hadn't been talking to him. And he had his own encounter with the Lord and basically followed the train of thought like that this lady Kim that I believed was like everything, that she was God and I was serving her, um, that she in fact wasn't who she says she is and that if he had brought it up to me that it would have destroyed our relationship. So he didn't know what he was going to do because he was trying to figure out how he was going to have a conversation with me about it because she was so intertwined in our lives. And then I call him the next day to tell him. So yeah, it was just incredible. Wow. And so continue the story because you, you, that happens, you go talk to him, but then you, you ended up going back to the conference Yes. and then something else happened if I remember correctly. Uh, that was when I got home, but yes, oh, okay. it was when I got back to the hotel room, but yes. Okay. So I did go back to the conference. Um, and I mean, so much happened. I could honestly spend an hour just on what happened at the conference. <laughs> so I'm trying to keep it like as compact as possible for you guys. Um, but yeah, I did go back to the conference. Um, the Lord told me when I was walking back from chatting with my husband, um, cause it was in San Diego. So it was a beautiful day, like palm trees. I kind of sat on a park bench by myself for a little bit to digest the fact that my entire life was falling apart and I didn't know what I was going to do. <laughs> um, but I just heard God tell me that the Bible was written for a reason. And I started hearing Bible scriptures in my head and I didn't know any Bible verses. So, I knew that it was truth and I went back and it was funny the lady who was hosting the conference was just sitting at the back of the room and I told her I just walked up to her and I was like I need to tell you like I and she knew that I was a psychic just based like very casually and I'm like I just realized that everything I'm doing is against God and that I'm like I need to follow Jesus and she just gave me a hug and she was like yeah Jesus has you now she's like I don't know I had a weird feeling something was gonna happen with you and so that was really comforting. Barely got through the rest of the second half of the conference that day. And then I went back to my hotel room and that's when the crazy, the crazy happened. So um, that day obviously was really busy. Um, the Lord pulled the veil off for me like right before lunch. And then I spent the entire lunch break on the phone with my husband um, and another friend who was really close with that new age lady and just trying to process and digest. So when I got back to the hotel room that night, like I didn't, I hadn't eaten, I hadn't gone to the washroom, I hadn't looked in the mirror all day. I was just completely, my life was flipped upside down. So I open up the door and I walk in and I go to sit on the bed and there's like a huge mirror like right in front of me. And as soon as I sit down on the bed and turn to look at the mirror, that's the crazy part that you're probably talking about. Um, the second my eyes hit the mirror, my back arched completely and my hands went into claws and I started hissing and growling at myself in the mirror. So what I didn't realize <laughs> that I know now is that I was completely possessed and I had allowed that to happen by opening myself up to the, the demonic realm through the new age movement as deeply as I had. And the demon that was in me was choking me and not allowing me to speak. So I tried to call my husband and talk to him and I just remember being on the phone and trying to talk to him and I'm like, I can't, like, I couldn't speak, I couldn't get words out. It was like the scariest 
thing. I'm alone in San Diego my whole life flipping upside down. And then I also, to top it off, find out that possession's real. And then God showed me the exact moment that it happened. And it was when my spiritual teacher told me that I was an angel in a past life. Um, and she told me that in order to evolve, I had to allow and give permission for this angelic being which was like me in a past life to merge with my body and to come into my body. And that had been about a year and a half before. And that is when my spiritual business took off and my psychic abilities got so strong and everybody started knowing me as being this really powerful energy healer and psychic. And I just knew so much and had so much access to so much knowledge. But looking back, I had no idea what I had really allowed to happen. And so um, that was horrifying. <laughs> Um, do you want me to get into like how it kind of like how I got prayed out of me and like yeah, everything sure. else? To, yeah, because we're you know because obviously the Lord's healing you and sh He's revealing Himself to you and healing you in many ways, and one of them will be to be free you of that. We be, I always say Jesus had a threefold ministry, right? He had a threefold ministry. He is a, he was a teacher, he was a healer, and he encountered the spiritual realm. Mm -hmm. Those are his three things he does all the time. So we have, it's important to talk about this, that third aspect. Because yeah, of, the spiritual realm is so real and people yeah. tend to turn like a blind eye to it because they're scared of it or they just think, well, you know, God is so powerful. I don't have to worry about any of this stuff. I don't have to worry about spiritual demonic oppression. I can watch whatever I want on TV. I can do whatever I want and just ask God's forgiveness. It doesn't work like that. When you open those doorways, there are spiritual repercussions that people don't realize. So for me... The craziest part of all this is I start crying and I went in the bathroom and I just got in the shower and I'm just crying in the shower and I prayed to God for the first time, like real, real God, almighty, almighty sovereign God. And I, I just remember being so emotional and just begging him for forgiveness. I didn't know why I just knew I needed forgiveness. I knew that I was serving the wrong God and that I had been down a, Sorry, it's emotional. I'm trying not to cry. I have been down this really dark path. And the worst part for me is that I thought I was serving my creator. So when I realized that I wasn't, the grief and the pain that I felt was like absolutely gut-wrenching. So I like begged him for forgiveness and I was in the shower. And all I heard so clearly was you're already forgiven. And I didn't understand what that meant because I didn't know the gospel yet. Like nobody had shared the gospel with me at this point. I wasn't saved through hearing the gospel. The Lord works in so many different ways. But all I knew is that what I was doing was completely wrong and against him. And so um, I packed up. Thankfully, I flew out at like 4 o'clock in the morning that night, you guys. So I wasn't stuck in San Diego by myself for too long. My husband's amazing. Um, he just went with it all. Um it was a crazy thing to call and tell your husband, especially when your entire life revolves around it. We had about, I mean, I say close to $20,000 worth of new age stuff in our house. I had every book, every type of tarot card that came out, every deck that was released, I owned. Um, I had thousands and thousands of dollars worth of crystals, huge ones, um, books and statues and idols and Buddhas, um, everything. And my husband, by the next day when I came home, had every single thing 
put in a spare bedroom locked away <laughs> so that I could come home and not uh, just feel so terrified by having it all around me because God showed me every single thing that I had was demonic. You can't have a Buddha picture in your house and worship Jesus. Like you just can't. It's, it's like a golden calf, right? And so everything had to get removed and he covered all the mirrors, bless his heart, because I didn't want to look in any mirrors. Because um, what happened is that when the Lord lifted the veil for me to the demonic realm and showed me who I was channeling. He showed me that every single spirit guide, angel, archangel, all these different people that I thought that I was channeling were just demons in disguise. We cannot talk to our deceased loved ones. They're just demons. And so when he showed me all of that, I didn't realize that he was lifting the veil to everything. So when I looked in the mirror, the demon realized that it could see itself through my eyes now. And that's why it, it started attacking me. And so, yeah, Justin had everything cleared out and um, we got in touch. I actually got in touch with the lady who was hosting the event who um, in San Diego, because I didn't know any other really Christians at that time, if I'm being honest. Um, I knew one other Christian who lived in Red Deer um, and she was just an acquaintance from the nail community um, and Justin's grandparents, but we weren't about to tell them yet that I was possessed by a demon or that I was a psychic because they didn't know any of that stuff. So um, we ended up reaching out to this lady who did deliverance and um, I tried it and went through it over Zoom with her, which um, it, it definitely helped getting prayed over. My problem, I think the biggest thing is that like we're saved by faith and I was so still confused and so the enemy was still the doubt that I had in my heart still and the confusion he was using to keep a grasp over me. I knew that I was serving the wrong God and I knew that whatever God just saved me was the God I was serving for the rest of my life. But the enemy kept using my Jehovah's Witness upbringing, like those little seeds that I didn't even know that were still there, that were planted from my childhood of Jesus just being um, God's son but not being God because I, I logically knew like I was shown that Jesus is God, but like I, I kept having these like fears and doubts pop up. So the deliverance worked mostly. Um, I was still attached at my shoulder and I realized that it was like I needed to make that decision to 100% follow Jesus myself and like that I wasn't going to let the enemy have like that, the, keep planting that fear. And so the next day we decided to go to a church and um, after that church message, it just felt like the pastor was speaking right to me. And they prayed over me at the end, and I, I, I felt the demon leave after, after that, that, that like second prayer, and I just knew I was like, I'm never letting you back. Like you, I'm done. Yeah, I'm completely done. Yeah. So that was that was the craziest, the craziest thing that I've ever gone through in my life, as you guys can probably imagine. <laughs> so, um, tell us now what's what's the Lord been doing in your life in terms of moving you forward obviously you're having a little one which is amazing yeah, which is exciting yeah um yeah so what's sort of yeah like what's happening now and what's how do you see your future with justin in terms of where the lord's placing you in terms of like you know family work uh just everything how he's using obviously like thing you know are you gonna become a guest speaker <laughs> <laughs> i don't know about yeah. that but yeah, i get how, too nervous what's the what's the <laughs> what has he been doing with, uh, with you guys. Oh my goodness. Well, I mean, so much changed. I mean, right away, the only way I can explain it is I felt like God like touched me or like, like I had like a spark of him or something because I knew everything that was sin. I was like, we weren't, we stopped sleeping in the same bed immediately. 
Um, the second we got back, uh, I was like, we can't sleep in the same bed anymore. Like we need to get married right away. And so we planned a wedding and we got married four months after I got saved. Um, Justin got saved a week later. He got saved five days later. Um, we went to church Saturday night that I got the night I got prayed over and I felt the demon finally leave. And the next morning we actually drove to Red Deer to visit my friend's church. The one person I knew and Justin gave his life to Jesus there at the church that day. And we got baptized a couple weeks later, um, at the end of April, which was amazing. And Justin and I never wanted to have kids. We were moving to Mexico to live the solo live on your laptop, be selfish, make lots of money life. And God changed our hearts on that in a week, uh, a week apart, five days apart again. He's, he really has a sense of humor, you guys. He changed our minds five days apart. We got saved five days apart. He changed our minds on having a baby five days apart. And then I'm due with my baby on April 5th, which is the day that I got saved from the new age. So I got saved April 5th, 2022, and we're due April 5th, 2024. Um, Every single thing has changed in our lives. I mean, the way that we communicate with each other, um, our relationship, our like, I think sin is the biggest thing. Like sin grieves us. Like when you, when you have the Holy Spirit living within you, you realize how sinful your life was before. And I think like the biggest shift has just been recognizing all of the different ways that we need to be sanctified and be like allow the Lord to do his work because it's not sure a lot of it was an immediate conversion but that doesn't mean that you're just like holy and righteous and everything's good like there is a sanctification process and it's a constant striving to be more Christ-like and I think the biggest thing is recognizing my identity in him now because when I first got saved it was like well, I used to be psychic and I was, that's my Instagram name. It's just, I used to be psychic. That's my podcast, everything. And now like two years later, almost, it's like, he's showing me more and more that my identity, this story is my past of how I became his daughter, but it's not who my identity is rooted in anymore. And it's rooted in him. And so it's just a rebuilding of everything that I once knew and building it all on the firm foundation of Jesus and not on who I was or what I did or anything like that, but just kind of studying the word regularly and learning who he says I am <laughs> because we're not to lean on our own understanding. And if I let, lent on who I thought I was, I wouldn't be doing very good because the enemy comes in with his lies, but it's, it's who God says I am. And so we, I've just been kind of focusing on that and, and rebuilding and our life looks completely different and we're just a lot happier and, Awesome. It's really cool to like talk about it and relive it because like we forget like the details of everything sure. that God's done, you know? Yeah. And you've only given us like Tidbits. 10, 5% of everything <laughs> yeah. that you can talk about for sure. Yeah. So I'm going to open up to the floor um, in a second here, but you said something to me um, that really struck me. I just want to ask about, just speak to two points. Um, Number one, you said um, that the majority of New Age leaders today actually have religious backgrounds. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to speak a little bit about that? Yeah. A lot of people that get into the New Age come from uh, like a faith upbringing or some sort of uh, religious upbringing. So whether it's Mormon or LDS or some sort of cult or Christian, Catholic is very popular for people. Um, and the reason is that... The enemy wants to, there's, 
there's got to be truth in everything. So he isn't going to just, the new age movement isn't just a bunch of lies. The new age movement is filled with truth. If it wasn't, nobody would believe it. But what he wants to do is make it so that it's more, you're more superior, that you know more, that the Bible is outdated, that it's not truth, and that now you're being opened up to this esoteric knowledge, which really it's like a pride thing and like an ego thing. It makes you feel more special, right? But that's what like Satan did with Eve, like literally the, <laughs> the first sin. It's the exact same story. He's very smart, very cunning, very evil, but he doesn't change his tactics that much. And it's the promise of, of knowledge and um, people fall for it and then they go down that path really, really deeply. And it's unfortunate because what it does is make other people think that it's okay and make other people that maybe have Christian, a lot of people, they believe in Jesus. I believed in Jesus. Believing in Jesus doesn't save you. Believing in the Jesus of the Bible saves you. I believe Jesus was an ascended master um, who attained enlightenment. And I believe that the Bible was, uh, the stories were real, but I believed it was outdated and most of it had been contrived by man. So most of the, the things that I channeled, my past lives, I believed I was Mary Magdalene in a past life. And the ironic thing is when I started my online ministry and a community of so many other sisters that had left the new age as well, there's like 10 of us who channeled that we were Mary Magdalene, but we all lived around the world. Like, it's not like you're going to go publicly chatting about this stuff. So the enemy just uses the same lies over and over to make you think that you are these people, you know, and that's what he does with people that have He'll take the little bit of faith. Maybe they weren't discipled properly or they didn't understand that the Bible is literally the living word of God and he will manipulate it and twist it exactly like he tried to do with Jesus when he was tempting him. He will manipulate and he will twist the word and use it. And if you don't know the Bible better than he does, you'll fall for it. You also mentioned that um, it's hard for for new agers and Christians to have a spiritual conversation because of the way they view Christianity and you use the word like less evolved. Mm -hmm. Can you explain maybe um, what they think about us and yeah. how they, what they, and how they approach us when we have conversations. And then on top of that, based on that, then what is your number one advice for us in terms of how to communicate and talk to them, knowing that there's so many things you can, there's so many rabbit holes you could jump down. So, yeah, what do they believe about us? That, and then what can we do, in your w opinion, to help us um, witness to them? Yeah, yeah so um, the majority of people that are going to be in these shops or that are in the New Age, deeply involved, they, they won't have anything against Christians. They're just going to think that you are living, you haven't spiritually evolved. So the whole premise is that you have a bunch of lives and you reincarnate over and over and over. And through each life you reincarnate, you gain more knowledge and you become more spiritually evolved. You have a higher vibration. So that's what the vibration thing is. So they just believe that Christians are, haven't incarnated as much on earth and they're still stuck believing the old ways of earth and I would teach that the Bible was just a way to get us to where we are right now to help us to evolve to stop us from having chaos so it was a necessary part of our evolution everything's evolution based and the whole purpose of our experience is to ascend and reach enlightenment like Jesus did or Buddha or all these other um, ascended masters and so the problem with this is when you're trying to communicate or minister or witness to someone who's in the new age, 
they will listen to you with a, a, a nice soft heart and, and they'll let you talk, but they're not going to believe anything you say because they just think that you are small-minded and outdated and unevolved. They won't say that to you, but that's what they believe. And so they're not going to be rude. Um, they'll just think that you have your truth and they have their truth and that they've just um, ascended to a higher vibration than you have and it'll just be left at that. So it makes it really hard to witness to them if you haven't lived that life. Like, thankfully... I know how to speak to them, but I mean, most of them still don't listen because there's so much pride and ego involved in thinking that you have all this knowledge. And because, again, I said it's so tangible, if you're hearing directly into your mind these things and you're thinking they're coming from God or angels or your spirit guides, um, why would you listen to somebody who's believing in a book? And so that's the problem. So what you have to do is you have to make them question who they're communicating with and how they know that what they're receiving is true because that's really the only way that you're going to reach them is have planting those seeds of sounds bad but planting those seeds of doubt in their belief system because you know there are going to be so many times when they channel something that doesn't add up there are so many times that I received psychic information and I'm like, oh, that doesn't really add up and then my spiritual teacher would be like, oh, you're just having an off day don't worry about it you know, oh, it's because your emotions are getting in the way, psychically clear your emotions. And so these people that are in the new age have had doubt. They have had experiences where things didn't line up, things didn't add up, they were feeling a little bit weird about it, but they just pushed through. So what you want to do is make sure that you're asking them questions. I think I gave you a list of questions. It might be good for you to share that too with the church ever because I created a list of questions, one for people that have a Christian background and are in the new age, and then one list for people that have absolutely no Christian background that are in the new age. And they are different questions because you have to approach them in a different way. And you really just want to make sure that you're helping them to, you're not going to change their mind in an instant. You're going to want to pray for them because really God is the one who's going to do the work. But if you plant the seeds that what they're doing is false or that they might be communicating with a demon or share a little tidbit of a testimony, even mine or somebody else's, where, oh, well, I know someone who left that, that and said that this is what happened and that they realized that the person they were communicating with wasn't who they say. Like, how do you know that who you're communing with is actually who they say they are? If you start planting seeds like that, then the Lord can water them and make them grow. Awesome. Okay. Well, like I said, we could talk to you for six hours, <laughs> and uh, it could keep. We haven't even talked about so many things, right? So I but know. <laughs> I just I'm grateful for what you have shared, and I just trusted that the Lord would guide us in what was what He wanted us to talk about this morning as well. So, anyway, well, why don't we um, close in prayer? And uh, please stick around and mingle for another half hour. We have to leave. We have to be gone by 12:30. But I'm sure if you'd like to engage Justin and Mia, they would love to talk to you. So, Lord, when we uh, heard their story, both Justin and Mia's, Lord, I think of the Apostle Paul, who was serving you with such zeal in his own mind, and he was fully convinced that, that he was on your team and everything in his life lord all the decisions he made all of his thought processes lord was to try to honor you and then you appeared to him on the road to damascus and shattered his world 
he was broken for three days, so much so that he couldn't eat and he couldn't see and he wouldn't even, yeah, he just couldn't even make sense of his world, Lord. And he realized that all of his law keeping and all of his choices, Lord, actually made him an enemy to you and not a friend. But Lord, in your grace, you saved him, Lord, through a supernatural encounter. And the cool thing is, is that, um, I don't even know how cessationists deal with this, but me and Justin's story is one of Paul's, in that you still move today and you still uh, save in the same kind of ways, Lord, with incredible encounters and incredible experiences, Lord. So we thank you that their story does parallel Paul and that you still are a God who saves in the same kind of ways. And we thank you, Lord, for their testimony and how you're humbling them and also showing them uh, the ways in which they have to learn to walk and trust you. But we, uh, brought, we brought them in too, Lord, to really have a cry for our town. Uh, behind us right now, 10 feet away, is um, a new age place to buy things. Right across the street, Lord, is a place you can go experience new age. Two doors down is the Masonic Lodge. 50 feet to the left of us is a guy with a Satan on his doorstep, on his, on his patio, Lord. The bookstore, when you open the door, Lord, there's uh, books, the front and center about... Uh, magic spells and all sorts of things. Tribal connections will gladly read your tarot cards there. Lord, we are absolutely surrounded as a church community by this world. And so we, we just ask the Holy Spirit that you would use what they've said to us to help us minister in this community, to learn how to pray for this community, to learn how to engage people who are involved in this world, Lord, and to be proclaimers of truth and the real light, which is you. We just don't want to, you never taught anybody, Lord, ever, just to increase their knowledge. You taught them because you expected them to change their lives in accordance with your teaching, and that would change the way they would live, and that would change their character, Lord. And so we now ask that this testimony would be used to change us. And if there's anything in our lives, Lord, that are even had been remotely attached to the New World or the New Age movement, that that be broken today, and we would understand the serious of, seriousness of um, trying to serve two masters, Lord. And so we just ask you, God, to continue to use us in this community, and may we have, um, may we see your your work in saving people out of this movement, Lord. In Jesus' name, Amen.